Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Gordon Dean, and this is the Sower's Seat Pod Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Um, this is, of course, the Source Seed Pod podcast, and I actually I haven't recorded any for quite a while. Uh, as you might have known, I had some kind of stocked up from before, but right now um, I'm out in a position where it uh, I have been stricken with the need to do so. So you know, one of the things, obviously, that we as Christians uh, hold very dear and take very seriously. Um, some denominations even refer to it as a um, uh, a sacrament. That's the word I was looking for. Pardon me. Uh, is is in specific reference to baptism, and I kind of I had a a desire to actually speak about what what baptism is and what the importance is to us Christians. So for those of you who don't know, um, baptism is uh, an immersion in water that Christians undergo as a declaration of their faith in Christ. And in addition to that, it serves as a declaration of unity with the body of Christ, the church as a whole. Um, There's a lot of commentary on this, so I'm not going to get too far into it, but the overall symbolism is that we die to Christ and our old sins, our old selves, rather, our old sinful selves, are buried and we are resurrected as Christ was resurrected. I wanted, however, to get into a little more detail as to what specifically the Bible has to say about baptism and how it applies to the life of a Christian. Now, again, as I've said before, the whole purpose behind these podcasts is to help you uh, apply Scripture to your daily life. And this one doesn't, uh, admittedly, it doesn't apply directly to your average day-to-day life in as much as it really applies to your life as a Christian. So if you've been saved um, and you uh, either are hearing that you don't need to be baptized uh, or, you know, uh, our church doesn't believe in baptism, or you're just thinking to yourself, you know, why why do I need to go through that? I'd kind of like to touch on some of that, okay? So the first thing is, if you are going to a church that says that you don't need to be baptized, my recommendation to you, if you are serious about your faith in Christ, is that you run from that church as hard and fast as you possibly can. Because the the first thing you need to understand is that Jesus himself told us that that is what we are supposed to be doing. His, his great commission was that we go and make disciples of all nations. You'll find this in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 19 and 20, the very last two verses of the Bible, or of the book, rather, excuse me. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, Jesus, again, he gave very specific instructions that we go out and we baptize other Christians. Okay, this is, this is a commandment directly from Christ. Now, granted, it was given directly to his apostles, but if you continue to read on, you'll, you'll see how that 
spreads out to the rest of us. So why, why is this important? Okay, so in order to answer that question, we, we kind of have to take uh, a bit of a, a look back into the Old Testament uh, because, yes, believe it or not, a lot of the things that we, uh, we hold as dear as Christians do have their origins in the Old Testament. And this goes back to you know, the whole idea that you know, uh, the, the Old Testament, the Old Law, all that stuff was abolished. It was not. Okay? But that's another podcast that's already been published. Uh, The first thing is you need to understand that the Old Testament made a number of references specifically to a ritualistic cleansing that the priests were supposed to go through so that they could therefore then be blameless or, or, uh, like I said, it was a ritualistic cleansing so they would stand blameless before God when they would go into the Holy of Holies to sacrifice, you know, make the the sacrifice for all the people of Israel uh, once a year. And so there was a a ritualistic bathing process that took place. While it's not referred to specifically as baptism, that is, uh, many scholars believe, and myself included, that that is kind of the origin itself of this, this ritualistic cleansing with water that continues all the way through to today. And then, too, if you look uh, in, into uh, some of the, the accounts of the way Jesus conducted himself, the way Paul conducted himself, you'll find references numerous times to some very sacred pools of water inside uh, Israel, Jerusalem, you know, that, that region, where the individuals either are, for example, waiting to be cleansed in a, a, a pool of water, or where there are instructions on how to be cleansed in a pool of water, specifically. Um, Jesus, you know, when, when he, he uh, dabbed the mud on the eyes of the blind man, sent him to Silo to uh, cleanse his eyes. And uh, so, again, there's numerous references there. And it's important that we don't overlook this. Now, again, granted, I, I understand that there is a... There is a delineation between a ritual bathing to stand blameless before God and our uh, our practice of baptism. But I, I promise I'll get to tying that together here in just a few moments. So what then do we say? First of all, why why Gordon are you are you tying these things together? If there's no direct uh, tie for these things in Scripture, are you then just kind of no? I'm not. I'm not pulling this stuff out of thin air. I'm not just giving you my opinion because if you then go to uh, well, there's a number of references, obviously, but I, I chose the one out of Mark uh, chapter one, verse five. Again, if you're a Christian, you should be at least familiar with the account of Christ's baptism. And for those of you who who haven't gotten that far yet, uh, John the Baptist is out in the wilderness. He's been living like a wild man for quite some good long time. And he finally, he gets to, not not directly into Jerusalem, but he's he's just outside of Jerusalem. And he's, he's proclaiming that the Messiah is at hand. 
that you know we, this is it. This is the time I am here, preparing the way for him, and and he was preaching. He was preaching the gospel, and a lot of people were coming to him, and some of them were trying to worship him, and he he would tell them no. You know that's that's not me. There's there's one that's going to come after me, who I am not worthy to even untie his sandals. Okay. Obviously, again, if you know the story, you know he's referring to Christ. Um, but the reason why I chose the passage out of Mark is because in chapter one, verse five, it says, "And all the country of Judea, and all Jerusalem were going out to him." and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So while we don't have any direct specific biblical reference to say that the baptism is the new version of this ritualistic cleansing that was given only to the priests at that time, the, the concept of a baptism and being known as a baptism this is an invented word because everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in Judea and Jerusalem were going out to where John was to be baptized. This was a known quantity. This was something that they were going out there to do. Okay. Now, the other critical portion of that is, is the last three words of that line. They were being baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, again, this is kind of where we have that, that transition between the, the Old Testament way of doing things and the New Testament way of doing things. And in order to be cleansed of your sins, you have to repent of them. And the first step to repentance, of course, is confession. This is this is why one of the biggest sacraments in the in the Catholic Church is the act of confession. And while again, you know, forgive me on my side note here, uh, they've got it going the wrong direction. But the the underlying concept behind it is sound. Okay. Now, again, we we kind of go back to the the underlying question: What is the purpose of baptism itself. Now, obviously, I've, I've done quite a bit of setup here. Now we kind of get into the meat of why it is that it's important to us as Christians. So if, you, if you've got your Bible handy, turn to Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Okay, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So, if you, if you take that, and again, you kind of tie it back a little bit to the ritualistic cleansing, there's, there's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Obviously, there is a a symbolism, as has been discussed, of being baptized into Christ's resurrection through his death, his burial, and in fact, his resurrection. And if you've ever watched a baptism, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, honestly, I would highly recommend that you, you try to find some baptisms online to, to watch 
the, the profession of faith. Because, granted, I'm sure there are plenty of people who get baptized just because they've been told that that's just the next step. And don't misunderstand, folks. We are told that we are supposed to be baptized. And again, I, I want to make sure that there's a separation here. I'm not talking about being saved by some sort of work that we are performing. It is only our faith in Christ that saves us. But as Christians, as those of us who are trying to uh, become one with Christ's resurrection and the shedding and the death of our sins then we at the same time, as, as uh, Paul points out in his letter to the Romans, we then too also have that ritualistic cleansing. It, again, it's, it's a twofer. For Christians, this is a, a dual-purpose thing, and in fact, arguably, a, uh, a triple-purpose thing. So let me read that to you again now that you, you've heard that. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And that, again, is the key here. If you've accepted Christ, you have become a new man, a new person, excuse me. And... So the, the, the baptism is a, a symbolic gesture of the, the death of your old self, the death of your old nature, and the rebirth or the resurrection into a new life in Christ Jesus. Now, again, don't misunderstand. It's not to say that you know, once we're baptized, if, as long as we're doing it right, that we're going to be sinless creatures from that point forward, and, and I'm sorry to say that that's not the case, but you know that's that's a, again that's another discussion for another time. Just just understand that we are still broken, sinful creatures. Okay. Now, if we continue to dig just a little bit further, we move on to Acts, where in this particular instance, the Apostle Peter, who, forgive me for being so blunt. But the Apostle Peter was a bit of a badass. This is Simon Peter, the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. And this guy, I mean, he walked with Jesus literally face to face. He, he was the one that when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He immediately, without hesitation, said, you are the Christ, the, 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 the Son of God. Okay, so, so understand, this, this guy, he knows who he's talking about and what he's talking about. And in uh, Acts, the second chapter, verse 38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, We continue to look at a number of, of uh, phrases and passages of the Bible that almost, if you're not paying attention, might sound 
like your salvation is dependent on some sort of works on your part, and that's not the case. The point behind all of this is that in order to be able to say that you are a follower of Christ, you need to make a public declaration of that faith. Now, keep in mind that there is some contextual reference here. If we look at this, we go back to a period of time where you know, being a follower of Jesus was at the very least considered to be a bad idea, if not outright heresy. And so because of this, there were a lot of closet Christians at this point in time. I mean, even up to and including Joseph of Arimathea, the man who, who gave his virgin tomb up to Christ to be buried in, was a closet Christian. Okay, so what what the, the 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 primary function here, particularly now in this day and age, is a public declaration of your faith and your identity in Christ in that you have died with him. You have been buried with him. More specifically, your sins have been buried with him. And like him, you will be resurrected. Okay, it is a public declaration, but it comes from a time when there were a lot of people who were not willing to publicly declare Christ, which is again why there are references when Jesus says, you know, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. So again, this public declaration is a massive part of being an active, practicing Christian. Obviously, too, there's the, as, as previously discussed, there's that symbolism of being identified with Christ, not just as one of his followers, but being identified as as one with Christ. Again, Paul said we are baptized into his death and into his resurrection. So again, this is a uh, a critical component of that public declaration because what you're declaring to the world is, I am not the same man that I was before. I am one with Jesus Christ. And this is Again, it's a public declaration. It's a huge deal. I want the world to know I am not yours anymore. I have died to you, and I have been born again in Christ. And the reason why we do it in water is because it's tied to that ritualistic uh, uh, cleansing ceremonies that go all the way back to the Old Testament where there was you know, ritualistic cleansing designed specifically to wash away the sins. Now again, sin isn't a physical thing. It's spiritual. So the actual application of water in and of itself does nothing. It's the, the, the symbolism and the ritual behind it that God himself prescribed for the purpose of, of cleansing away sin. And so there's that tie to that. And then we, we start to look forward and say that, you know, this is now something that is not just something we do. It is part of something, it's something that is part of who we are. Because our identity is no longer found in this world, it is found in Jesus. And so what we have here is, Something that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of folks would look at it and say, you know, look, Gordon, you you want to, 
you know, preach and rail against all of the uh, symbolic works and acts of certain quote-unquote denominations of Christianity, end quote. And yet here you are promoting one of those acts. And part of what I'm trying to get across to you is that this is not just about checking off the boxes to become a Christian. It's not like there's a checklist of things that you have to do in order to actually earn or gain your salvation. This is far more along the lines of a change in who you are, a change in your heart, a change in the way you view the world at large. And it it all stems from the changes that are made in your heart when you accept Christ. So what we're looking at here is not something that, you know, again, it's not, if you're not baptized, you're not going to go to heaven. That's not what I'm trying to say. Because again, you know, we we use this example a lot, but look at the thief on the cross next to Jesus. He wasn't baptized. He expressed his faith in Christ. They died later that evening, and Christ promised him, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, if it came from the mouth of Jesus, we have no choice but to believe it. Okay? So, Jesus didn't say, well, damn, dude, you should have been baptized before we got up here because <laughs> y'all out of time. There's nothing like that. Okay, so it's not that baptism is required for salvation. This kind of goes back to you know the, the, the verse in Peter where we're talking about faith versus works. Well, if you have true and genuine faith, you're going to do what Jesus told you to do. So you show me your works apart from faith, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, again, that's not to say, and I I can't stress this enough, it's not that we can do anything to earn salvation. Our works do not earn us salvation. But when there is a change, when there is a genuine cleansing of the old man away from who you used to be, and you become a new creation, that changes everything about you. And the works flow from that. In much the same way, we have this public declaration of our faith. Now you look at this and you say, well, but Jesus, you know, he, he's, he's saying that if you deny him in front of others, that he'll deny you to God. So therefore, you know, we, we have this, this, this act. Well, here's, here's my, my counter to that. If you have been saved by Jesus, if your life has been changed by meeting Jesus like Paul's was on the road to Damascus, if you have had that encounter that changes your very being to turn toward Christ, you are going to want to publicly announce that. You are going to want to publicly display that. If you are ashamed of Christ, if you don't want people to know that you go to church, if you don't want people to catch you reading your Bible, if you don't want people to know that you're a Christian, then you have not 
been changed by an encounter with Jesus. And this is where the whole thing stems from. Is that that change, that fundamental shift in who we are. And because we have felt the weight of that sin having been lifted off of our shoulders, we want to declare it to the entire world. And so one of the things, one of the things that we do to declare to the world that I am a different person, I am a follower of Jesus, I have been, uh, my, my, my sin nature has been killed. The old man has been executed on the cross. All of that sin has been buried and left in that tomb. And I am going to be resurrected with him. I have already been resurrected as a new man. I am not who I used to be. This is why baptism is so critical and why the Bible specifically calls out the importance of being baptized. And so again, I, I loop back around to the beginning of this. If you're with a church that says that baptism isn't necessary, at the very least you need to be questioning the rest of their ethos. Because the Bible is very clear in a number of places. I've only touched on a couple of them. But the Bible is clear in a number of places that baptism is a huge and fundamental part of being a Christian. So if, again, you're, you're with a church that says that that's not important, perhaps we need to take a look at what else they're saying isn't important in Scripture, in God's holy word. The next thing is, if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, you know, I've been saved, but you know, I don't really, I don't feel the need to be baptized. I don't feel God calling me to be baptized. Then you need to take a deeper and closer look at your faith. And I'm sorry if this sounds harsh or like I'm passing judgment on you, but again, I've, I've given you the examples out of Scripture. You, you, you've heard just a few of these examples of why this is so important. So I would encourage you to think long and hard. If you're thinking that perhaps baptism isn't right for you, but you think you've been saved, I want you to think long and hard about have you put to death the old man? Are you still the same person that you were before you accepted Jesus? Or did you just decide to add a little bit of Jesus as fire insurance. If that's the case, then none of it matters. None of it has anything to do with anything else. You're not going to be able to see the inside of heaven if you've just added a little bit of Jesus. And if you have no interest in being baptized, because again, this is a public declaration of the new person that you've become. So I will leave you with that thought. If this is something that you've been thinking about and you weren't really sure why it was such a big deal, I hope maybe I've given you a little bit of insight into that. If you haven't, maybe it's time to look into it. That said, I thank you for listening. This has been the Sower Seed Pod podcast, and I'm your host, Gordon Dean. God bless.